0: to Nutty Buddy Sports, and on um, part one of two of Basketball Talk with Luke, me and Luke will talk about some of the teams that were eliminated, the bubble last year, Ben Simmons, the Mavs versus the Clippers, and that epic seven, seven game series, and much, much more coming up now on Nutty Buddy Sports. So I'm back with Luke, and we're going to talk about round two of the NBA playoffs. Luke, how's it going?
1: I am indeed here. It is going well. It's going much better than it was before yesterday's game when I was an absolute nervous wreck. Just, and by the way, um, that entire Clippers Mavericks series took approximately half of my life just... I'm expecting to fall over dead many years sooner now because my heart cannot take that. I don't know what, there are people who had like their heart rate going, like they had their heart rate monitor. I'm not sure what the not safe level is for a heart rate, but I was above it. So for, for the entirety of game five, game six and game seven, I mean, it was already there like the first couple, but it was kind of like, oh, well, you know, whatever, you know, we, some, got not a series left. By the time we were to game five, I was, I was, it was, it was not good. It was all kinds of not good, but Hey, jazz tomorrow night. We're in business. We're in business.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, so funny with that, that, that series we'll talk about it in a little, little bit more in a little bit, bit, a little bit, but, um, I, my prediction changed like 15 times throughout that series, just because it was after game one, I was like, there's no way the Mavericks can shoot that good and the Clippers can shoot that poorly again. And it happened in game two. So <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, yeah. but. Mm-hmm.
1: And in game three, even they still shot that play. It's just the Clippers shot better in game three.
0: Yeah. The Clippers, which, by the way,
1: I, we'll talk about this later, like you said, but, but I did tell you when the Clippers were down 0-2 that I expected them to win the next four. Mm-hmm. I did tell you that. And then we were down three, two. And I told you, I expect the Clippers to win the next two, which I was wrong until I was right. <laughs> yeah, right.
0: Yeah, no, no. <laughs> let's yeah, go with you, that. You eventually got there. So
1: let's, uh, I thought what we
0: would do first, Luke, is let's talk about the teams that are no longer in the playoffs. So that is the Lakers, the Trailblazers, the Mavericks, uh, the Grizzlies, the Washington Wizards, Knicks, Miami, and Boston. And the first question I have for you, is there a team out of all those teams that you're most excited about when you look at their future, or just maybe even the way they played in the playoffs?
1: As far as like a team goes, I mean, not really. It was just, I would say individual players. Okay. So like I'm 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 hyped for Morant. Mm -hmm. I'm hyped for Morant. Dylan Brooks is being asked to be too much of a, uh, like, like Morant's not really a number one scorer at the moment, uh, which is fine. I mean, you don't need, I don't know if he'll ever be a score first type of guy. I mean, when he's feeling it, of course he can, he can get baskets, you know, but like, he's not a guy who gets into a full with jump shots. And so if you, if you can't get your jumper going, you really can't be a number one scorer. Like you look at Giannis mm-hmm. as much as you want him to be a number one scorer in the playoffs, they take the drive away and he needs someone else to kind of be the, the reliable outside guy. M- Morant doesn't have that size, but he's got the quickness and he's got the passing ability and the playmaking and he's awesome. He just needs a, a wingman. And Dylan Brooks is an excellent – he's an excellent player. He's awesome. But no one's going to put him at like Devin Booker level. of Like, a, right. like he needs – Morant needs someone like that yeah. to, to help him. So Memphis just isn't there yet. So their team doesn't really excite me. But Moran excites me. That dude is—he's awesome. Everything about him is awesome. The fact that he knocked the Warriors out was almost bad because, but like, that's how good he is. Like, right. he down the stretch knocked Steph out. Like, that was him. He's doing it, it. He made how many plays in a row down? I don't know how many bad. And It may have only been two, but he made the biggest shots of the game, mm-hmm. um, in the playing game. So I like him. Um, I'm excited for that. I just watched Luca. Oh my goodness. Um, but I have a lot I have a lot of things about that though. I don't as excited as I am for him, he is he is unreal. Yeah. To the point that I can't even I can't even appreciate it because I'm so mad at it that it's going in because mm. it's against my guy. <laughs> Nuts, yeah, right. Yeah. But oh my goodness. Um and then I mean you get similar things when you watch Willard. Like, does the Blazers excite you? N- no, the Blazers don't excite you, but I mean, the concept of we were eventually hopefully at some point getting a, a real chance to win is exciting but um
0: was it yeah um, what do you i don't
1: know what do you think? And, and no one in the east i mean no. jason tatum's really good but you know i guess he's probably right there too right we should be excited about tatum but there's a kind of like the the boston stigma there i guess it's just a i don't i don't know it's it's frustrating it's frustrating watching I don't know if it's just him and Brown together and like the rest of the, I don't know. There's something about that, that I want broken up. I don't know if that makes sense, but I just.
0: Makes sense to me. Um, I think the problem is, is neither one of them is like a true facilitator and
1: they're both. And Brown wasn't up. even healthy, by the way. Brown right, wasn't even right. healthy. Not to Yeah. Wrong, but, but, he, but he, even when he was there, it's not like anyone really was going to pick the Celtics to do much this year. But. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing is when
0: you think about like all the teams that were eliminated, um, to be excited about a whole team. My, my pick was Memphis because Jaron Jackson jr. I still have a lot of hope that he'll pan out. Yeah. I think, I think he came back from injury, like seven games before the playoffs started or something like that. So, um, I think if he can stay healthy, I think big men take longer to develop than like smaller, like guards and stuff. So I, I like him. I, so I'm excited for Memphis in the way they grew, but the other teams, uh, Agree with by the way, real quick, I agree with everything you said about Morant. I think he'll develop a jump shot. He seems to have like the a good form, but um we'll see. What do you know his free free throw percentage or no? Like yeah.
1: no, I don't I, I know like I was giving you all these numbers because I knew last time we were we were talking. I, I had all that stuff off the top of my head because I was I was really paying attention to the clippers this year. So I could tell you all, all <laughs> that stuff. Like, I could tell you that. The fact that Kennard wasn't in there shooting threes when we needed three point shooting was egregious at the time. Uh, And then he was pretty much the reason that we advanced. Uh, But I can't really tell you that. I can tell you that Morant's three point shooting was far below where it needs to be for him to be a number one there with the guys he needs. Like, you know, he, in order for him to compete with, you know, Dame and Steph and I mean, Steph's getting up there in years, but in order for him to be at that level, he's going to have to shoot. He's gonna. He's got to get better at shooting. Like he needs. Yeah. To, but I mean, no one, no one expected him to come in and be this, you know, a knockdown three-point shooter right away. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I feel like he exceeded expectations all year long for what you got out of him. So, and it, and it, it, my general thing is like, oh, will he develop a jump shot? If brooke Lopez can turn into a three-point shooter, like yeah. halfway through his career anyone can turn into a three-point shooter at some point. That's that's my most ridiculous thing that people will try to use against Michael Jordan. Like, Michael Jordan was not a great three-point shooter. Like, okay, but if if Brooke Lopez can be a three-point shooter, <laughs> do you think that the greatest mid-range shooter of all time could also maybe perhaps develop a three-point shot if you really needed it and the game actually required a three to be good? I right. have a feeling he would.
0: <laughs> yeah, agreed, agreed. And that's the thing is like, I think they they co- correlate like free throw percentage. If you, you shoot good free throws, Typically you'll be able to develop that jump shot. That's, that's why I asked that I can't find for some reason, his free throw percentage, but
1: I'll find um, it. Ryan, don't worry. You can continue. Although I'd like to point out that Luca can't shoot free throws, but apparently he can make threes from 32 feet away much better
0: and stepping back. Um, No, I, I just think like, that would be the team that most excites me um, is, is Memphis though. I just like Dylan Brooks. I like Jaron Jackson Jr. I like John Morant. So I think that though that team is the one that excites you, you know, the Knicks. I'm not like, I, I was excited for what they did. It was fun that they got to the playoffs, but it's like, you know, now, now the, um, the 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 tape is out on Julius Randle is like if you if you hard double him he has stuff to work on now because he just could not he could not play playoff basketball um I just in Miami like what are they and that's the other thing is any of these teams you look at their rosters they don't have a lot of movement they just can't they can't just do a whole lot so I think Memphis is the right answer or like you said just look at some of the players Doncic was awesome Tatum, you're you're kind of excited about, but he's been in the league for like four years in the playoffs. I think his his new car scale, though. Yeah, know, he still and, is. And yeah,
1: none of us really. Are, I mean, we're not big on the Celtics, right? So just because it, I don't know if it's because it's Boston that we just we get so much Boston and Los Angeles sports, and if we're not from there, it's just kind of annoying to always hear about them. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it's it's less that you're just always hearing about them. It's that because it's the ratio, right? Like it's the we always hear about how they're doing, even when it's like, oh, well, they're they're not going to win this year. So right. I don't know why I'm hearing so much about them. Um, but Tatum is legit. Like, he is, he is legitimately good. And Brown is very good as well. I just mm-hmm. – I, I don't know. I, I've, we'll, we'll see what they do. Their team is kind of imploded. They're going to get a new coach. We'll, we'll see how that works. But Morant from the free throw line this year, 72.8%.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's in the something. playoffs.
1: Seventy seven point five. Of course, that's only five games, but he yeah. got there quite a bit. He He's shooting free throws. I think Right. like quite a few of them. I don't know. I don't have numbers on those, but he gets right. fouled. He he gets in the lane. So
0: yeah. So so I mean, there he can develop a shot. It's not. I don't think it's going to be too hard for him. And and that's what they do. Like that's what they do for a living. They shoot shoot around. So I think he'll be okay. So why don't we just get into the next question then? And that is, what team do you think most needs to? make big changes that was eliminated that were eliminated
1: portland mm-hmm. i mean we were watching i was texting you we were we were texting each other during that willard explosion i don't yeah. know what you call that that was that that was the the single greatest end game performance overtime performance that i think i had ever been watching just from a there's no way that he's going to make that one as well. <laughs> no, and, and it's the thing is no, one's ever shot the ball from that distance that consistently in clutch moments. I know Steph mm-hmm. is capable. Yeah. I know he, I know he's capable, but it, I don't know if it's just that the moment hasn't been there for him, but maybe just throw Steph in the moment too. Like he just, he can do the same thing, but be, between Steph and Dame, like we've seen ridiculous shot making time and time again from superstar players over the years but the fact that they're from where they're pulling up mm-hmm. and i mean the last three that lord made when he jumped straight backwards after the the foul that didn't that was on the floor that they, they challenged over they reviewed and the fouls on the floor so he gets the ball and, and he jumps he gets the the one big step and jumps backwards like he spun into the that that's not a shot that you can make that i could try that on, on a video game for an hour by myself. And I will not make that shot because that shot's not, it's not going in. Like, that's not a shot that you make like, Oh my goodness. But the fact that he can do all of that. And at no point do I think, wow, Lillard is dominating the ball. He's not getting anyone involved. I don't think that it's like, look, they have no chance. If he doesn't pull them out from, from the situation they're in, that's frustrating. mm -hmm. They need to do, I don't know what they need to do. I don't, I don't have a, you'd have to think. That it's not working with him and McCollum, right? Like you'd have to think that just because it's been so many years now. I agree. That nothing changes. Yeah. Um, with them in the playoffs. Even when they went like what they they got out of then they got swept after they advanced, right? Like against Golden, like Golden State swept them instantly in what that one year. I don't know if that was in the bubble or not. I'm again. Not I know numbers, I know there but- was a
0: year where they made the Western Conference finals and then they lost to
1: Golden State, Golden right? They State, swept yeah. them. It was yeah. all four games and they weren't close, right? Like, and, and I think
0: they didn't have really, really have Durant either in that series. That was the last year of the Durant, the Durant year, mm. yeah.
1: Which they were, I mean, the Warriors are still really good, don't get yeah, me wrong, right? But, but to go, I mean, they're, they're no one's getting younger in that mm-hmm. group, so in your in what Nurkic got hurt, and they, that was a pretty bad injury um and so i i don't know i don't know what you change and then we're getting a different head coach but at no point did i think wow terry stotts isn't doing enough here it was i don't know i just i don't i don't know what 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 else do you
0: do yeah like what else do you do so funny um i'll pick a different team when when it's my turn but that was the team that i picked too um so me and you got to stop doing podcasts together because we we should probably talk
1: about this stuff before we just we just go no, I like I the picked Dallas. I could have gone all in on Dallas, but I have a lot to say about Dallas. Okay, so and we'll get there. I figured I was talking with someone else.
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll get there. Um, I actually did a trade machine with Portland. Um, he, here's the thing it it depends on what Lillard wants, right? If Lillard wants to go somewhere else, he Portland will probably trade him. Um, they, but
1: he deserves whatever he wants at right, this
0: point, right? So if Portland trades Lillard, um, a trade that I thought would benefit both teams would be uh 76ers, Maxie and Ben Simmons for for Lillard. Um you give uh Joel Embiid like a running mate because Joel Embiid he can't stay healthy, so you, you gotta you gotta get him while he's prime. You know, in the next three, four years, he's probably doesn't got that big of a window because he can't stay healthy. He's seven foot one. <laughs> you know, like it's hard for them guys to stay healthy. And then Portland would get a younger guy, but then you got a big forward that plays really good defense, and you pair him with McCollum and Powell. You still have Powell, so you can you'll still now you're not gonna play replace uh uh L- Lillard right like that's that's impossible but that was like the and obviously picks would probably have to be involved in some way but that was like the best trade I could think of that I was like this would help both teams out really well if they made made some changes spread the court more for Embiid um but that that was the Portland trade I'm like this could this could help both the 76ers and the and in the, the uh Portland Trailblazers out
1: I just don't see a way that Portland is helped out by Lillard leaving. This would be one where it's like they're they're trying to minimize the damage, in my opinion. Like when, when like who can they get for Lillard if he wants out? Like is the way is is how I see it. Like you can't you can't trade that guy like unless he demands to be traded. So I I think. Well, would it be like, like the best?
0: To, wouldn't it be like the best case if you can wind up with like a Ben Simmons and a Maxi kind of player? I don't though? know.
1: It depends on how you feel about Simmons. Like I'm starting, I'm I'm wondering if you can win with that guy. I the, the it, it, he's in the wrong era. Like if it was the '90s, you can get away with not being, or even the early 2000s. Like you can get away with not having a great jump shot at point guard. But nowadays, if you have a guy who's you don't have to worry about defensively. I mean, I just watched. I know it's it's one series that I paid super close attention to, but I just watched a whole bunch of playoff basketball. And whenever there was a mismatch, it killed the team that was like. It, it, there's if if you have a guy on offense who can't shoot, there is no space
0: mm-hmm. for
1: anyone else to do anything. And the playoffs, there there the it, it kind of made me realize that regular season basketball is very frustrating to watch because <laughs> i watch i watch the clippers all year round, and i'd watch the big game you know that would be on you know one of the networks um when they come on and we talk about playoff atmosphere right yeah and oh yeah this game has put real playoff atmosphere but the coaches aren't the teams aren't preparing with the playoff atmosphere like they will for the actual playoffs so although the game will get chippy And the best players are going at it. There's a defensive play here or there. It's not like in the postseason where they're saying, oh, this guy can't shoot. We're going to make him be the only one who shoots. Oh, this guy, here's their best player. He's not touching the ball unless he's got two guys on his hip. Like, I don't know if you can win with Ben Simmons being out there. I mean, I I expect them to get past, um, oh, who are they playing? Atlanta. Um, Atlanta, I expect them to get past Atlanta, but I'm not confident <laughs> they're going to get past Atlanta. The The Hawks have a team that has less, I mean, they can stretch the floor much better than the Sixers can because they play a guy who can't shoot, is afraid to shoot, hasn't developed a shot. It's like, oh, but he can get to the rim and he can do this and he's a, the best defender. The, yeah, all those things are true. But it didn't work in game one for them. And I don't think anyone was going to pick the Sixers to beat the Nets or the Bucks, even though their record was about the same.
0: Yeah. We, we talked about that actually when we did our preview pod is like, we felt like the Bucks had the best chance of being the Nets just because they could stay a defensive unit and spread the court. Right. Like where the Sixers can't do that. The, the part I'm curious about, um, is I guess like, would it be the 76ers have Bible starting too, right? Right now. So it's Bible. So you got two people on the court that can't really shoot or don't have like a great percentage. Although Bible, I think shot pretty good game one. Um, So that would be the other thing is, do you think like maybe if you four out it with Ben Simmons, you know what I'm saying? Like if, if you had four other guys that could shoot on this court, with him would, would he be able to, to, you know, lead his team to the playoffs or be better that way instead of like having maybe the best post player in the game, right. Maybe him, it's between him and Jokic. So he's going to be in the post. So he's going to cram up the lane and then you have one guy who can't shoot. So that that, there's, you know, three defenders around you every time you drive if you just spread the court, do you think that would work better for, for Ben Simmons or you just think it's just, uh, you know, like if he's going to be your main
1: ball handler, he just got to learn to shoot the ball. I think you can mask it. You can, like you can, there, there's always things you can do to, to give yourself an advantage. And Ben Simmons is awesome. Like mm. we're I guess, at this point, yeah. we're nipping at this point. I mean, it, it sounds like I'm really on his case. It's more that he's fantastic, but he can't shoot. Right. So I do think you can, I mean, there's things you can do, sure. But when, when teams are exploiting every weakness and that weakness for Simmons, it's not just his threes, it's his free throws.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He's a liability on the floor to, at the end of games. It's just, I don't, I don't know that it has a team ever won in that scenario. I'm looking at the stats because I don't, uh, the, 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 the starting lineup. For the Sixers last game did not include will He played 18 and a half minutes. Okay. That shows you how much we watched the Sixers recently. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're starting they're starting Seth Curry, Danny Green, Tobias Harris, Simmons, and Embiid. So they're doing what they can, right? That's what they that's what they did. They surrounded shooting. They have Simmons with a bunch of shooters, is what they got. Now Danny Green is hit or miss
0: mm-hmm.
1: when he's you know he's not a consistent 40% shooter. He is Generally, is off. Is I mean, that's how I remember him at least. Free throw line. Yeah. I, I, when you, when you look at how like what's the difference between the two teams in the, in that game? I didn't watch anything but the end when Trey Young and other guys were hitting. I mean, they they have Bogdanovich, Collins. They they have that Herder guide Gallinari. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. it's just Hunter, their primary ball handler. Yeah. Primary ball handler can shoot from thirty two feet.
0: Yeah.
1: Like that means you have to play defense 32 feet from the basket
0: mm-hmm.
1: or that guy's going to shoot on you and you have to be concerned about that shot going in when your primary ball what brings the ball down. It's like, well, you probably can't make it if it's outside of, you know, 14 feet. you know, you're comfortable giving him a, a mid range jump shot from the free throw line. Once he gets a step closer than that, you can probably make a floater. Or you can probably take another step and do whatever. So it's just, I don't know. I don't know if he'll ever win being the i don't know I don't, it's just nowadays i mean you think back to old point guards um back in the day andre miller who had he had a, a he could shoot but you would never say like oh well you need to rely on his outside shooting but see the game was different yeah you didn't need him to be that guy eric snow back with iverson back in the day guys okay. that were capable of making a jump shot, but no one would ever be like, I'm not guarding him because he can't shoot that three there. It's like, look, the game's different. Everyone doesn't shoot a bunch of threes, you know? So I just think Simmons is in the wrong era. And personally, I don't see them ever winning when he's on the floor as long as he is with the ball in his hands. I don't know how to change that. He's got to, there's no place in today's NBA for a, a star superstar, whatever that can't shoot. There isn't one. You can't be that. Even the centers. I mean, the big yeah. guys have to shoot or they're not superstars. It, Giannis it, it, is the only one. And he's beyond. We've never seen an athlete anything like him. <laughs> just the only reason. And even he struggles in the post. His teams struggle in the playoffs. So,
0: Right. And that's and that's the thing I was going to say. is We're not just talking about like regular season, right? We're not talking about getting to the playoffs or winning rounds. It's just about championships. Can you win a championship with a Ben Simmons being your guy? And we're kind of seeing, you brought up Giannis, the best version of like a Ben Simmons type, right? Like that that's like the ultimate version, a seven foot guy with a massive wingspan who can distribute, who, who's unstoppable in the lane or whatever, but can't shoot. We're seeing that and we're seeing sort of what is happening in that series, which we'll get to in a second. But uh, yeah, so that's a good point. Maybe, you know, like I think, Maybe it's like you you need to pair Ben Simmons up. He he could be like your your uh, secondary ball handler, but he's got to be paired up with someone like a, a Steph Curry type. Like you know, like Draymond was able to 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 win championships being the third with a Steph Curry and Clay kind of combo. And maybe that's what Ben Simmons need to, needs to be is basically like a Draymond Green.
1: I mean, I think back you know, like he. Whatever comparison you have for Simmons in the fast break, he is yeah deadly, right? He, he's he's so good. But again, the playoffs it slows down. Right. There's not and there's not the fast break opportunities that there is in the in the regular season. So everything's slow, and I you're I think that you're probably right with that. You need a Steph Curry type. It's like well, they have they have Seth, who's a very good shooter, but he can't dribble into his shot like you know that's.
0: That's he, not even fair comparison. <laughs> so they,
1: they, they put the percentage up, but they'll be like, Seth Curry is like first in the league in percentage. And that's great. That's right. awesome. But so that's where, where numbers lie to you and, and where the, the type of shot is, is more important than, than a number will tell you. Um, but so I, I think that's probably right. You need him to be in like the Draymond Green role on offense, the, the Andre Robertson, although Robertson honestly developed a corner three, <laughs> like, yeah. if I'm being honest, like he couldn't shoot a free throw, but Robertson was a, there. There were times when the thunder would be like, well, Robertson's got to make that shot and he would occasionally make it. And I don't, how many threes has Ben Simmons made in his career?
0: He hasn't well that's the thing though he hasn't taken many that's, that's what, the like, problem he, he won't even shoot it right right and i think that's Which, where it comes down to is like it's it's so weird he's not even willing to like shoot the ball because he's never going to get better until he does yeah, so and we got
1: we got on this conversation talking about like pairing him with or trading him like like putting him like a lillard level like that's as good as you can do but that's it's more comes down to the fact that i don't think you can trade lillard like there's no trade for Willard that Portland can possibly. So unless he, you can't make your team better. Your team is over if Lillard wants out. Like, I just think, I don't think there's a situation that benefits them where it's like, oh, we traded for our future. Sure. Maybe draft picks and such, but you can't retool by getting rid of Lillard. Like, it's just, you'll never, even if you make the playoffs, it's kind of like the Spurs, like maybe it'd be the Spurs, like maybe you like right now, maybe you'll hang on. And be yeah. a, in contention, where they're kind of they're hanging on like to the the the, the remains of Kawhi, right? Like mm-hmm. the, what they traded for Kawhi. They're they're hanging on, but they'll never win with right. what they got. Yeah, right? like and Portland's trying to win because they can't win with what they got. If they trade Lillard and try to like maintain the rest of the team, yeah, they just got to pull the whole thing up.
0: But. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Um, it first of all, just to piggyback, on, like that's only if Lillard asked to be traded, there's no way they're trading him without him. Well, him. I don't think you will. No, I don't this, think so either
1: this year, <laughs> but give it one more year of that. And the,
0: the problem is, is like, so it's funny because this is, this is a pet peeve of mine uh, when teams do this. Okay. So they, they've known Lillard and McCollum. They they've had these two great shooters for many years. And, um, Now McCollum's trade values has has sort of gone down. But not only that, they had two young players that a lot of teams were interested in three years ago, Zach Collins and that France, Simons guy. And there was a lot of hype around both those guys, and they wouldn't trade either one of them, although they could have probably got a solid star, like, let's say, up late. Blake Griffin or something like that for him at the time, they could have got a solid role player, a, a solid star for those guys, but they wouldn't trade him And that's sort of like a pet peeve of mine. It's like, now these guys trade value is gone. They don't have any trade value anymore. And so now like, what does Portland do? They, they probably re-sign Powell. They have to re-sign Powell, but McCollum, uh, what are you going to get from McCollum? Like we, we, me and you talked briefly about Paul George, like, for McCollum, if if the this was when the deepest, darkest depths of the Clippers down to zero. Um, and you're like, well, what would the what would the Clippers want McCollum for? Is what your answer was to that. And it's so true, it's like, well, yeah, that, that's a great point. What what value does McCollum have for a team? He
1: he's like when he's feeling it. Right. And and even that he's a really good shooter. He is. He's yeah. he's, just, he's a really good shooter, and he he can do all the things that the star players can do, just a tad bit lower. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't bring defense. Don't, he doesn't scare me defensively right. at all. Right. And what I again learned watching uh, multiple years in a row watching Luca here um, is that. Guys like Nicholas Batum have a huge value because of what they can do on the other end. Mm-hmm. Even if they're not stopping a guy, if they're just able to if they're able to switch and, and make it life more difficult for them, right? We I say we because I the Clippers are we <laughs> <laughs> <'Cause> of, <laughs> because Paul George we is whatever Paul team that Paul George is playing for. It was we when it was the Pacers, and it was we when it was the Thunder. But the Clippers, when they're playing the, the Blazers this this year. And again, I'm gonna go with it's like regular season basketball, so it's you know, you know, how much does that matter? But they could get any shot they wanted at any time. I mean, not even I don't know what defense you could possibly throw with what Portland had on their roster that would have prevented Paul George or Kawhi from getting to whatever spot they wanted to get to. Mm -hmm. And the big reason for that is unfortunately for Lillard, for as amazing of an offensive player he is, and and the effort, it's not the effort level. He's just a little guy. Yeah. He's not big. Mm-hmm. You need you have these big wings that can score and can do all these other things. That they, they they play defense, they they can switch, they can guard all these different positions. Willard is not that guy. So he needs Michael Porter Jr. to be his running mate.
0: Yes. If he's
1: something but and Denver ain't getting rid of him. No. So McCollum doesn't really what he brings can't is it's just not conducive to winning and what team is sitting there? Like, you know, what we need right now is we need a guard who he's kind of too small to guard forwards, but he's really good, but he's just not at like the Willard Steph level. Like he's not there. Like, you know, you know, he's really good though. And he's fairly, he's, he's consistently good, but he's not great. And then that's on offense. And then on defense, again he can't really guard guys bigger than him. It's just he's not. What team needs that? It's just it's unfortunate because I like him. How do you not like? I mean, we watch him play, you like him, but it, again, like he, I don't know. I don't know what this. I I wish it would have gone differently the last few years for Portland. It's funny because... they knocked they knocked Paul George out, interrupting again because yes, it's very right. important. This is very it's a... important, Ryan. Sorry to interrupt you again because I talk a lot. Uh, very importantly, he was on the team when Willard hit that three over Paul George. And so I'm trying to just erase that. But that being said, I always liked him until that series, in which right. case there's a part of me that's kind of laughing a little bit that they, that he, the poor struggling. There's a little bit of me, in the, but I mean, Willard got over it. I'm supposed to get over it. So you, you
0: will, you will, you will I'll take you some yeah. time. Okay. You no. Know, and that's the thing is like, when you look at the Nuggets series, it was so interesting because if you did like a, uh, you know, you were sort of like drafting these teams for like playground basketball or whatever, you know, Jokic obviously goes first, but there's an argument to be made that like you, you go Lillard McCollum, you know, because McCollum, especially his name, he's, he's more proven right now than Porter was before the playoffs started. Right. Um, but I think the problem is what you you nailed it on the head, and why I had the problem with the Powell trade was because even though Powell's a good player, really good player, they have three guys on the court that's six three or smaller. So it doesn't matter how strong of defense you play, it, you can you can play really good defense, but if you're you're covering someone that's six six or taller, you're not going to affect them. you you're, you're not going to stop their jump shot. So. I mean, it it would be interesting, like he, he, McCollum might be a good match with someone like a Luca. If your primary ball handler is six, 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 eight, you know, somewhere in there. And he's your smallest guard on the court and he's just catching and shooing or or doing the one-on-one stuff when Luca needs a break. Um, But he can't be paired like him and Lillard can't, they just don't work together. They're just too small. That's the problem. Because even Clay Thompson, right? Clay. Because I remember, what was it like three years ago? They tried to make the claim that they were the better backcourt between Clay and Steph. And it's like, no, you guys aren't, because Clay is like an all-class defender. You guys, neither one of you can defend like Clay does. And Clay can shoot the lights out. He's six seven. So like that's the problem is is Lillard and McCollum, they're just too small to be paired together. That's the problem.
1: offense they had a very good claim and when Mm -hmm. you look at the numbers it'd be very easy to make that but no one plays defense in the regular season like they do in the postseason and that's why this matters more that's why Giannis is not going to win his third straight mvp yeah because they saw it not work in the playoffs a couple years in a row they're like you know what i don't care media collectively we don't care that Giannis. you have perhaps better numbers this year than you did the last two mvp seasons oh we're, we're sick of it it doesn't work uh that's, yeah. that's that's where they're at so i i cj from all accounts is awesome i like he i like his demeanor and he says funny things on his social media accounts yes uh, and i enjoy him as a player i would he would be a a favorite personality of mine on a favorite team that paul george was playing on if you happened to be on the same team i don't know how they fit very well but it doesn't matter um i just don't see how you could put them on on dallas but when we get to the mavericks i i i have takes on the mavericks i don't know okay yeah anyway yeah so
0: so that were just like so now i was gonna just talk about a team that i thought that needed to look and inside and make some changes but I think we talked a lot about Portland because both of us thought that Portland was the obvious answer there, right? Because they've been they've been eliminated four straight years, right, in the first round or something like that. I don't like four times. I mean, four times in the first round, not four straight years. I'm sorry.
1: Um, Yeah, but but also you watch Willard do that, and you just have to be like, what can we do (laughs) to give him a chance? Because we would love to watch those shots in games that really matter, and. To see, I know he he didn't play well. He hasn't played well in post seasons previously, like with the the Western Conference Finals. Like once he got to the highest, you know, he played really good in the first round. He played really good in a few games. We make a really big shot to get to, and then it kind of fall off. But again, he's being asked to do pretty much like, hey, we need you to win us these games. And
0: I scoring one hundred and forty points. Like we yeah, can't. Like defend, hey, we need so. you to
1: we need you to make all these ridiculous threes needs to be game time all the time. And then you also take over at the end. It's like, "Ah." anyways, that I think that's why that was a lot of Portland, but
0: yeah. And you know um, know, there could be a case about Miami a little bit, but I think they still have enough young talent to see that, that kind of grow with hero. Uh, I like Duncan Robinson. I know he's like 27. Uh, None's good, right? They have Kendrick Nunn, And so
1: I can't let this go unspoken. Now that I'm just taking over your podcast, by the way. No, that's okay.
0: That's why I I wanted you on. I
1: can't let this go unspoken. Jimmy Butler made the NBA Finals last year, and he played fantastic in the NBA Finals. Yes. In the bubble NBA Finals. Okay? Jimmy Butler is not better than Paul George at actual basketball. He can't shoot threes. He got outscored by Bryn Forbes. In the first round of the playoffs, when this year he said, get once we just get me to the playoffs and I will take care of everything in the postseason. And no one cares because he played well in the bubble last year. But if that was Paul George who said, don't worry, I got this in the postseason, and then he got outscored by a, a scrub on a different team, it would be mayhem everyone go crazy look at the choking whatever it is egregious and that even that this bothers me too even on like 2k Jimmy Butler is like a 90 something and paul george is down in the 80s because of the bubble last year this yeah. is ridiculous ryan this is ridiculous
0: yeah. okay so uh full disclosure i actually will go to the thunder paul george he's a 92 overall and i'll put him on the current roster uh, thank you he's 88 Uh, on the current roster. I actually agree with you. I don't understand why Jimmy Butler. So let me ask you this because you kind of geared the direction a little bit towards this. I just want this to flow a little nicely here. Let's talk about the bubble real quick. What do we make of the bubble? What do we make of bubble basketball last year then with everything that happened this year?
1: The bubble was fair. There's no way that you can possibly say it wasn't fair. Everyone had the same rules. Everyone had the same schedule set. They knew what they were gonna get, the mm-hmm. amount of regular season games they were getting. They knew where they were gonna have to stay. They knew the protocols in place. They knew. So you can't say like, oh, it was rigged or it wasn't whatever. It it legitimately happened. It was not the most difficult championship to ever win, which I believe LeBron made that claim.
0: Well, of course he did, yeah.
1: It was the craziest situation. Mm-hmm. It was, it was very difficult to change and, and know that but let's be honest here lebron need more rest for him at his higher age was going to help him anthony davis clearly benefited the most of all of the star players from having extra rest before the games that actually count he yeah. was a i mean this is the only time he's ever stayed healthy through a a significant period of time that matters is the time where he had months of rest from the pandemic before, like so they benefited greatly from that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What else did we see in the bubble? We saw Miami go from what were they? What seed were they?
0: Uh, were they
1: four, were they five.
0: I, I thought they were four. Let me okay. double check. So keep, they went keep going. I'll double check.
1: Straight into the finals, which I don't think anyone saw coming. I I would be surprised if anyone picked them. To actually make it as far as they did, they're like, oh, yeah, I know there was someone being there. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, once the bubble happens, the Bucks are going to fall apart and Miami Heat are going to come. I doubt anyone saw that being a thing. We had Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell scoring like 50 every game. TJ Warren became a borderline superstar for a handful of time, a period of time uh, in, in the bubble. Guys who. I'm not saying it was not fair or it shouldn't. It, we shouldn't give any credit to it whatsoever, but you can't look at that and, and make an actual assessment based off the ball. You can say, oh, yes, this happened. It was impressive that TJ Warren went nuts. Then he went back to being like 15 points a game or something this year. It's impressive that the Heat got there. But I watched Tyler Hero this year compared to last year in the playoffs and that's a completely different basketball player Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray aren't dropping 50 every night. Clearly the defensive schemes and the attention level of certain players. Uh, the Clippers didn't even want to be there.
0: Neither did you the box, right? The Bucks didn't, didn't to want be to be there. Correct. I remember right. George
1: Hill came out. And he was like, yeah, we, we shouldn't be playing basketball right, right now. Like, you can't look at that and then say, well, that's how good these guys are. And that's, and that's, it's just, Hey, the bubble is a thing. It happened. The best team of the season was the Lakers. They won the championship. That's about as much credit as you can give it. Good job on them for being the most prepared and they were ready for it. LeBron, I believe was also the guy who wanted it the most. <laughs> so there you go. He got yeah. there and he got it and he got it and, and props to him that he stayed focused on the task at hand but you can't possibly watch that heat in the final, the, the heat last year. No one for a second thought the heat were going to win the finals. The two games they won still seemed it was like, okay, now we got to sit here for another couple of days until the, <laughs> until they, it was like, no one, it would come on. Like, I don't know. That's, do you have any differing opinion on this? I mean, can there be a differing opinion? The Lakers didn't, couldn't stay healthy this year. Like we all suspected they were going to struggle with the, the first year the heat were exactly where they were the year before pretty much. And then got slaughtered by the team that looked like they were way better than them last year until the bubble happened. It kind of looks like there was no legitimacy to. This means a lot going forward because of what happened in the bubble. Now that the bubble was illegitimate, you can't say it wasn't, it was fair and everyone had a fair chance, but you can't make any. Oh, well now that Jimmy Butler was really good in the finals he's better at basketball than this guy. And he doesn't deserve any criticism for absolutely choking and falling apart along with the rest of his teammates and being no shows in the, in the first round this year. Like that would, if it was the, you just, it, it should be something and it's just like, yeah, whatever they lost. They were good. Well, last year, you like.
0: know, I've, I've heard the excuse, um, you know, that is, you know, the heat and Lakers are both eliminated. So some, some people say that, um, they they were the most tired right because of the bubble um you know they they were in the bubble longer uh, i don't quite buy that because the season everybody was resting like throughout the season so it wasn't like they um didn't rest you know what i'm saying like they, they they rested um i have a theory that basically like i so you know there, there's this talk about like asterisk talk like when it comes to you know putting an asterisk next to championships and whether or not there should be one at the bubble my my feelings has always been this there should always be an asterisk after every championship because it should tell us the context of the way the championship was won every story should be told uh and if you're if you're a fan of lebron james uh you want that story of the 3-1 deficit to be told Right, you want the context of that story to be told. Otherwise that championship is just that LeBron won a seven game series against a Golden State team. That's the only context there is. Being down 3-1 makes it sound better, uh, you know, of a series and it gives, it gives more credit, I guess, to LeBron and Kyrie for coming back, you know, in that series. Um, so I, I feel like every every story should be told. I think with the bubble, the shooting sort of leveled out in the bubble. It's like going to the same gym and shooting at the same place over and over and over again. It's going to benefit the teams that are good at shooting or even those who get open shots. When you play with LeBron James, you're going to get open shots. Anthony Davis shot the lights out in the bubble. Like he was just hitting everything in the bubble. Uh, KCP, the same thing, hitting everything. Uh, And that was Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson. They were hitting everything. Well, you get into these circumstances this year where you're traveling. the 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 sight ain't the same. And guess what? Interestingly enough, they were they shot the ball either worse than they did last year or just like average, like they would at a normal year. Am so wrong I wrong
1: that Robinson still played like still shot well? Oh, I feel I I don't know this. I didn't look at the numbers this year because mm-hmm. I never once thought the Heat had a chance, which kind of tells you everything you know about last year. Right. going forward but um i felt like whenever i watched robinson that he was still shooting well but i could be wrong on that
0: no no you're right i'm just saying like when you have those shooters and they have the same they're gonna they're just uh, to me it's just like it's you're gonna shoot better because this environment is always going to it's the same it's not changing it's not a changing environment so i mean you the the actress should be there just because it needs to tell the story. And you're right. There's people that said they didn't want to be there. Guess what? Those were the teams that had uh, the failures, right? The Bucs and the Clippers, neither one of them wanted to be there. Well, guess who two teams uh, disappointed what teams disappointed in the bubble? Well, the, the Bucs and the Clippers. So yeah, um, it's still legitimate. Like you said, it was all fair. The rules were the same. You got to give it to Lakers. We're not taking a championship away from LeBron but it does kind of give you a a little bit more perspective of like the championship, like really in a normal year, maybe the Lakers make the championship, right? You said they were the best team that season. I agree. But do the heat probably not. Right. I don't
1: think anyone would take the heat. And I, and I also think that when you're saying the asterisk, absolutely. I mean, Kawhi Leonard on the Raptors, right. He ended up, he ended up beating the Warriors without Durant and without Clay Thompson. Right. Like in the game where Clay Thompson got hurt, Durant was already gone from the start of the series with his Achilles. Even even with that, like they still had the Warriors still had a chance to win the finals. Like right. until until Clay, like once the the same, So you could could someone be like, oh Kawhi Leonard, he brought that championship to Toronto. Yeah, he did, and they also didn't have to beat the Warriors at the peak of their powers like LeBron generally had to. So you. It, it's not a sprint and it's not one thing ever winning a championship is really hard. You need everything to work out for you. So props to the Lakers. It's very hard to have everything work, work out. It's hard to get everyone on your team pumped to play in this bubble situation. It's hard to have everyone stay focused on that. So, Hey, props to them, but going yeah. forward, uh, if you are going to say that you're going to give Jimmy credit and the heat credit, for being in that bubble and being the spot they were in. You have to also then criticize them for not showing up at all in the playoffs this year. I mean at all. and mm-hmm. yeah they got destroyed definitely. I mean it was it was a shellacking and in you can say well their best player can't do it all and do this. I just watched Luka Doncic single-handedly it's like well his game is this and yeah okay but if you're not gonna put Jimmy at that level then i don't want to hear about how good he is compared to it's and i like jimmy butler i don't dislike jimmy butler but but i'm sorry you can't do that in the first round and have a reputation for being a performer when it matters most right i'm sorry that was that was what did he did you have his numbers up did he shoot 30 percent no i look yeah. Did he, did he shoot 30% in the, in those four games? I think he was four for 22 in game one and it didn't get much better. Yeah. Like it, it was, it was, and it's and it's one thing if you're shooting bad and you're like able to do other things, it's like, well, none of his teammates were doing anything. Well then you, I, I, I don't, I don't know. It's just, you can't, you can't avoid criticism for doing that in the first round.
0: Yeah. And you know, it's so, so interesting because like, I I agree 100% and one of the we're going to talk about the Mavericks and the Clippers series but before we get to that I kind of want to talk about the Lakers series a little bit if that's okay sure because it kind of goes with this Jimmy Butler thing that you were mentioning um, obviously Chris Paul gets injured right and then um, after Chris Paul gets injured uh, after game three Anthony Davis gets injured and then the Suns sort of like cruise by the Lakers. Uh, and, sort of a pet peeve of mine, and this has been a pet peeve for a long time for me, is this idea that, um, okay, just the last game, just real quick, Jimmy Butler shot 26% the last game four of being eliminated. He only took 15 shots.
1: Um, I I have, I have his numbers up. He was four for 22 in game one. He was four for 10 in game two. He was seven of 17 in game three. He was four for 15 in game four.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, and and this is what it gets goes into like the the thing I want to talk about with LeBron. Right. And, and I, I, okay. LeBron to me, second greatest player of all time. I, I, that's where I'm at with him. I think he's always going to be there to me. I don't think he'll ever pass Jordan, but the the fact that he constantly gets this excuse that his teammates aren't good enough is blow, just blows my mind. Every year he fails, his team is not good enough. And I'm just like, did, did you watch the last two minutes of the last game when they were down by 13, like two minutes and a half? Did you see that?
1: I was listening. No, I listened to it. I had it going when I was working. So
0: basically, they're down by 13. LeBron drives the lane. He doesn't get a foul call. Uh, And he complains to the ref and walks all the way back to defense. So for a while, his team down by 13. Now we watched Lillard the other night, bring his team back from like down 13, you know, like with like what, three minutes ago, two minutes ago, he just like hit hit a bunch of threes and brought him back. So he walks back. They get the ball back. He, he he misses another shot or someone misses another shot, walks back again, misses another shot. Then he walks back like three times in a row for the first like seven seconds of the shot clock on the other side, half court. The, the Lakers are playing four on five on def, defense, basically. Right. And I'm just like, why? What? What is this guy like? He just quits on his team. Uh, there was it, it, he walked out five minutes to go in a game, and he said, "They're like, well, he needs he needs treatments. Is five minutes really gonna make that big of a difference? Uh, when you should be there with your team being blown out. Uh, I just want this narrative to stop that his team is bad because remember we talked about this, um, before Luke right? Is everybody said that the Lakers had the best off season that their team. Was so much better than it was last year. Me and you did not think that, by the way. I, we, I I felt like it was more like a level move, like they just got stronger in some areas but weaker in other areas. Um, I should have thought they
1: got worse. I should have thought they got worse just oh, from it, watching. I, I watched Mantra's Harold play defense against Jokic last year, and I thought, well, that's that's gonna be a replacement for Dwight Howard. Jamel yeah. So McGee? I,
0: Yeah, so the the argument, like I guess, what I would look at is like Howard is a better offensive player than McGee and Howard. So they traded like offense for defense in that situation. Harold, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, he's a better offensive player than than Howard and McGee. So they traded off. That's what I mean by like they traded strengths for for different strengths, but got weaker in the areas where like Howard and McGee were big athletic guys who could protect the rim. Harold isn't.
1: They they traded for regular season stats instead right. of postseason presence and success, which right. was obvious to anyone who watched the Nuggets abuse Harrell out there on defense. And I didn't even dislike Montrez Harrell until it became obvious he was the one saying stuff about Leonard and George getting preferential treatment and this and this and this, and, and he was the one who was saying all that. The, the locker room was this. It was just him having issues with it. Yeah. He was one, of, And so you get rid of him, and it's like, oh, well, he knew what was wrong with the Clippers. That, they all fell apart. Like, no, he couldn't play defense. Mm-hmm. The Nuggets found the problem. Doc Rivers refused to go with any other lineup, and he got abused defensively. And then what happened this year? The Lakers couldn't even play him because mm-hmm. he can't play defense. And this was against Jokic-level Big guys, no, this was against the Phoenix Suns. What, DeAndre Ayton? He's not Mm -hmm. Jokic for crying a lot. He couldn't even even be out there, right? Like, but
0: that's my point is so so. But even though that, like, you might have felt that they were worse, I thought that it was more like a you know, just a level move, just basically they didn't get any better than getting worse. Everybody else, like, you listen to any podcast sports reporter, were like, oh, they're so much better, it's going to be an easy championship. But now they're saying the team isn't good enough, wasn't good enough. And I'm just like, well, how can you be both things? Um, I think so. I just with that excuse. And and, and then the other thing I want the narrative to stop, I'm not saying he's a horrible leader, but I, LeBron is not a good leader. OK, that's the other thing. I don't want to hear that he's a great leader on the basketball court. OK, he, he he's not. Um, his actions don't display that when he sits far away from his team when they're getting blowout when he leave his team five minutes to go when he's hard you know telling his team to try on defense, but he's being pushed so that he actually tries on defense like that's that's not that's not what a leader does um or or any of those press conference where he's like, oh well, at least I average a triple double even though we got blown out in the series. It's like, well, okay, come on now. I, I just don't like that.
1: I think you care, like we talked about this, I think you care way more about this stuff than I do just because I I watch them like say, Paul George will say something and they'll like twist his words to make it ridiculous. Like just for an example that everyone knows when they talk they ask a question about what he felt about Damian Lillard pulling up from 38 feet, a sidestep 38 footer to win the game. He's like, that's a bad shot, which everyone understood what he meant. That's the absolute, that's what you want as a defender. You want a guy taking a third. The game was tied. Right. He could have taken such a better, a, a better look. As a right. defender, you want the guy taking it from there. There was never a historical precedent of a guy making that shot just nonchalantly. I'm going to pull up with a, I'm going to take a side back sidestep fading 38 footer because that's what, that's a good shot for me. Like if that was such a good shot for me, take it every time down because it'd be open every time. Like, no, it would. Paul George goes, that's a bad shot. And they just rip him to shreds. Oh, my goodness. He says, that's a bad shot. Looked pretty good to me. Oh, congratulations. Like, you guys don't care. You asked him that question. You teed him up. You You teed it up for him to answer the question exactly how you were hoping he'd say it so that you could rip him to shreds later. Like, good job. Good job, media. Congratulations. I feel like a lot of that is the case with LeBron, so I don't really care. Oh. I know you care a lot about this stuff. You care. It bothers well, you a lot. But I, I just I, do it with my guys. And I'm just like, dude, I don't care that LeBron said this or did this or whatever. It just doesn't bother me as much. But re- I get it. I the get reason it.
0: why it bothers me, though, is because he's he's labeled as a good leader. I just don't think like a leader does that. It's like you don't throw your team under the bus. You There's other ways you could word.
1: But do people view Jordan, just, just to play devil's advocate to you, Do you, do people view Jordan as a good leader? Because he I, would take a guy who he doesn't think belongs on the same floor as him as a teammate, and he'd be like, either play the way I want you to, or get out of here, I don't want you in my gym. And then Steve Kerr would say something, and he punched punch Steve Kerr in the face, apparently. So so one could argue that that's not great leadership. Because I never not-
0: said that, though. Like I, I don't think Michael Jordan, the only reason why Michael Jordan was a good, like a leader, I, not even a good leader, a leader is his example. Like he just effort,
1: always work, working, work, work yeah. ethic, right. The and, work ethic. Yeah. But, like, but as far Matt as treating
0: his teammates, no, like he's not a good leader. Like, but, but Who I, is? I don't, I, but Chris Paul, I don't know.
1: <laughs> I'm just joking. I about refuse Chris to Paul. say anything good about Chris. <laughs> Paul. I know. I know. I, know, I, know, I, know. No. I can't say anything good about him until Paul George allows me to. Right. Right. Right.
0: I'm not, I don't know, but I'm just saying like, I don't, I just don't think like sitting away from your teammates and the stuff that LeBron sometimes does reflects good leadership. But I, I would say the same about Michael Jordan. I would say like, listen, punching your teammate, that's not a, being a good leader.
1: <laughs> yeah. Know? See, well, and, and I guess like you're getting the leaders thing. I don't, I maybe I just don't listen to the media enough. Like I don't care. Oh, what it, the uh, media it, thinks LeBron's kind of the best me. leader or not. I think, I think uh, he went all in on Anthony Davis, a guy who historically is made of glass, not through, not necessarily through his fault, I guess. I don't know how else, he just always gets hurt. Mm-hmm. And then they, they have a season where it's last year, they benefited because the season ended up being where they got a nice little break and mm-hmm. it worked out well. Then this year they're like, Oh, well the this schedule is even more ridiculous than last year's because of how unfair it is. So that's, everyone's got to cram it together okay if that's if that's what you're going to say then fine it's unfair for 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 them but then that means last year he had a technically an extra advantage (laughs) so it's 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 one of the i mean if that's how you're going to do it the rules were the same for everyone last year they were the same for everyone this year congrats to the lakers last year for taking advantage of the situation that anthony davis was going to benefit from more than anyone else because the guy can't stay healthy right this year he was probably going to be worse off than anyone else because he can't stay healthy. And they were cramming games in it. And guess what? He didn't stay healthy. And LeBron made his bed. He wanted Anthony Davis. That's the guy he wanted. See, this was, I'm going all out. I am I want him so much. I'm going to convince him to quit on his team mid season yep. and force his way over here. It got you a championship in a bubble and it got you out in the next year where the games were all crammed together and it was always going to be tough. So. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that makes him a good leader or a bad leader on the floor, but I think he it was pretty obvious from what I I from what I saw in the series and from what I heard. I, it was pretty obvious that, that he he knew it was going to be a tough go once once uh, AD was was not healthy.
0: Yeah. I, I just yeah just my pet peeve my pet peeve i just wanted to say that and then the other thing is like so and and i think this will go along with your luca i don't know if you're going to talk about luca and in dallas but i think people got to recognize too like that lebron james plays basketball one way um and for it's just hard for a team and this it's it's a constant you watch every team that he goes to they play a certain style of basketball which is great because He's won championships that way. You can't fault him. But people are surprised that when he isn't out there, that his team falls apart. But the problem is, is when you're the main focus of the offense and you leave the court and you don't have a system in place, what, what do you expect's going to happen? Like, that's the other thing that, uh, you know, that's what kind of happened to Lakers and you feel kind of bad for Le- LeBron, but it's the way he wants to play and it's successful. And he's won, you know, rings and stuff but um you know I just don't know why we're surprised still that every time he goes to a team and in this role players aren't doing well it's like whenever he's off the court it's like well the, because they're told like all you need to do is stand there and shoot until he's not on the court okay now we want you to take over it, it's just hard for like Kyrie was really good at doing it Dwayne Wade could do it but it's really hard for role players to do that you know like turn it on and off like that
1: so there was a really there's an article on the ringer today i don't know how to pronounce the guy's last name jonathan charts charts yeah, yeah there we go yeah um he wrote an article on this very topic with luca where i we gonna start talking with mavericks time yeah Sorry, let's go let's go
0: to the mavericks yeah i'm done with my, my lebron time.
1: james rant. take no, everything
0: fine. i said with a grain of salt though people okay
1: lebron's really ridiculously good at basketball still even though he's an old man he's still ridiculously good he's the greatest ever the greatest ever is michael jordan because we're not asking who's a better passer at the moment in this situation who's better at finishing and who's got the longevity that's a completely different argument but it's the argument is not about specific things and whatnot it's the whole package makes Mm. you the greatest effort right and the whole package that Michael Jordan has is the mindset and the work ethic and the, the aura and the ridiculously talented floating in the air, shooting it backwards and the <laughs> footwork and the whatever, and the grace and the elegance of it and the ability, the, the lack of any hole anywhere. There was no weakness in his game. You weren't, the, it's not like he got fouled at the end of the game. And you're like, he's going one for two, like things like that. Yeah add to the greatness overall. And if you want, if that's not it for you and you think, well, LeBron can do this and this and this and and the talent level and, hey, you do you, but I don't get how if you sit there and actually look at the things that LeBron has for holes and things that Jordan had and then the results, I don't know how you can possibly, and it's not a knock. It's just how can you look at Michael Jordan and say, he was not the greatest because of the the combined sum of all parts that LeBron's going to put together in the longevity of his career, when the time of the, the timing of his career is a time when guys are playing until they're 40 and because of modern science and technology. And I don't know how I just don't get how you can look at Jordan's career and be like, it, it's a it's a movie, it's a storybook, everything that happened with Jordan and the way it worked and how it ended and all that. And I'm cutting the wizard stuff out, but. um, Well,
0: well, even as a wizard, like he, he, his effort level was always top notch. Um, The, the. Yeah.
1: But, but like it was over, like the magic was done. The aura that I'm talking about was not there.
0: Oh no, no, you're right. Yeah. When he came back to the wizards. So just to go back to that LeBron thing though, you know, like LeBron plays one way and it's great. He's a champion, but there was so many different versions of Michael Jordan. Like Michael Jordan could be a facilitator. He did it for a little bit. He could be a catch and shoot guy. He could be a, I'm going to take over the game guy. He could be a post-up guy. And that's what made Michael Jordan so great. He was so uh, fluid and moldable and he could fit into his system or whatever Phil Jackson or whatever coach needed him to do. And he would do his job. And that's I'd, really one of the biggest difference between, like, Michael and LeBron.
1: I'd have to go find the article. But there was a, there was a brief period where they had Jordan play point guard in the 80s.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And his stat lines were Luka, Harden, LeBron stat lines.
0: It was 35, 11, and 10 or something like that.
1: It was – could – the, the question is, well, can Michael be that good of a passer? Can Michael? Sure. If you give the ball all game, he's the greatest, he's the hardest worker. Mm-hmm. He's the best athlete. of the... Could he have done all those things? Sure. But that wasn't going to win. So that's not how he played. Right. That's why the whole stats thing always bothers me. You can't really put stats up. And even when you're trying to support Jordan's stats, it only means so much. The errors are so much different. Agreed. So we are like, He's the best because he averaged this and this and this. He's the best because look at his three-point shooting is better. He's the best because the assist to turnover ratio. No, like it's the whole thing. It's mm. it's everything about it. It's it's all it's it's the the feeling in the gym when the game is on the line and there's a few seconds and someone's gonna take a jump shot. It's it's the the playoffs when this guy has never melted in the moment ever. He has always risen to the occasion. And, and when the, when the lights are brightest, it was never too much. And it was, it was, it's, it's all of that. And, and the one failure you can look at when he came back and didn't play the whole season and came back at the the midpoint, he immediately the next year worked hard enough and annihilated the magic the following year. Like, it wasn't and it's not like it was even that big of a choke job it was just simply that that the team had started to retool without Jordan they add Jordan back in and now they need to make some changes they make the changes in the offseason and there they go and they're they're just fine again like I don't know I guess I guess it's an argument that is
0: yeah we'll have to we kind of sidetracked a little bit but uh, yeah we kind of sidetracked but what's interesting is like you mentioned that's the biggest thing that you could say about uh, Michael Jordan is he did not have a, a playoff series he, he might have had a game or two where he wasn't like as good as Michael Jordan normally is but he's never had a series where he was not Michael Jordan and, and you can't say the same about basically any star
1: yeah, it's it's not a knock on anyone else. They're no, human. Right. They're human, and it's just that Michael Jordan was big, was more than that. He was he wasn't even human, was and it's 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 everything. I, it, Kawhi isn't either, but LeBron's yeah. better than Kawhi. But uh, yeah. anyways, there, there there's there's your LeBron rant. Uh, Jordan. That's what, so let's Jordan, let's Jordan talk was.
0: about that that Luca ar- article though. Let's just start talking about the Maverick Clipper series. I wanted to
1: just talk to you so, about that. So. I, I watched every shot, every play, everything mm-hmm. that happened in this series. And I did not re-watch any games because it would have actually killed me to try to figure out what needed to happen differently. I watched a little bit of analysis during the series. Uh, I follow a few people that that do that, that break things down. Luka Doncic has what all what what the the great players have he has the ability to where the numbers and all that stuff just doesn't matter it doesn't right. you can play the percentages against him it doesn't matter because all he needs is the confidence and the like, oh i can do this and he'll do it yeah zubak is on him look i can shoot over him and make the shot i'm gonna shoot over him and make the shot he's gonna shoot over and make that shot like that's And it's, the numbers tell you, well, he can't keep making that step back three. No, he'll keep making that step back three. It doesn't matter what if he's a 35% three-point shooter on the season, he's going to make 92% of them against the Clippers if you keep playing the defense the same way. It's, is unbelievable, his ability, just, just wow. they Mm -hmm. threw every defense at him and he made the right play most of the time and made shots from. He was making them from 28 feet. He's making them from 32 feet. He was making them from 16 feet. He's making 18 foot followaways. Like it's nobody. Like there's no problem. He'd make that short corner turnaround. He'd get to the rim. He and it, and you you can't give him the ball fake. So you have to fall for the ball fake because if you give him that when he's he'll just shoot it and make it. You look you look like an idiot because you didn't contest the shot. But as soon as you contest it, he'll just fake it and pivot off the other foot, and go the other way because. It's unreal. His offensive skill is incredible. He is already perhaps the most offensively skilled player in the league. From from the ability, he can get a shot up from any angle at any time. He can pass it to any corner. He knows where he's as far as skill, basketball, skill and knowledge and all that thing, he might already be number one in the league. Like he's he is right there. He's not relying on athleticism or pure talent and it's not like oh you're calling him he's white and no that has nothing to do with it it's he doesn't need to jump over you or blow or just can he blow by you yes he's legitimately quick he he can do all of these things is and, and it's like well what does what do you mean by quick it's that you don't know which move he's going to go to and he does it with purpose when he does it he knows exactly which moves he's doing he does it he, he knows where he's going it's like Kawhi Leonard Kawhi Leonard's not the most blazing fast out there, but he's super quick and he knows where he gets to his spot. Luca does all of these things. Yeah, It's insane. I mean, he's scoring 40, like it's no problem. (laughs) Some of those numbers are inflated because at the end of games, he's the only one with the ball in his hands. So when they're like, Hey, we'll give you this layup. He'll get three layups in the fourth quarter for how many in a row, because he's the only one that again, that Jonathan Charks article Mm -hmm. said that he got 99 touches per game. Wow. And if anyone in the postseason, he also had the longest time period for average touch more than anyone else. So he, he got the ball more than anyone else. And he also then held it longer than anyone else did in all of the first round. So he had the ball for a, a very large amount of time, each game more than anyone else in the playoffs easily, which is the problem. that's the problem i don't i mean the fact that he almost beat the clippers by himself was amazing i have no idea how they were going to beat anyone else after beating the clippers i don't know how you win basketball games like that and the big or, or series like i say basketball games i don't know how you win consecutive playoff series like that and keep keep moving and that article brought out it mentioned that a big reason why LeBron was able to do it or has been able to do it is that he's not any bit of a liability on defense at all. And the Clippers were putting Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Batum long whatever they were they were putting defenders on they they want the the switches were happening but they they were trying to keep Kawhi on Luka as much as possible. Right. right. He's got the size. Even PG struggled guarding. I mean, Luca's big. Yeah. Paul is is stronger than he looks, but he is lanky and wiry and Luca is a tank. Yep. <laughs> it's just he, he just kind of bounces off of him. Kawhi is also a tank.
0: Yeah.
1: And and so that but as much as the Clippers were trying to get Kawhi on Luca and they were trying to screen him off, on the other end, Kawhi wanted Luca guarding him. And he was hoping for Luca to be guarding him because Luca is not there defensively. And it's not even that big of a knock on I mean, him. He's just not the defender. So when you look at this, is again, the articles that this, with Le- the LeBron series, no one's looking for LeBron James to guard them. Right. You never want LeBron. I mean, if LeBron's guarding you and he's actually trying on defense, which again, you can regular season, whatever you want, or even his right. playoffs. Right. LeBron on defense is he's a, he's a monster. He always has been. Yeah.
0: Can can Buka. I just say something real quick about that? Yeah, no, you're right. Like it's just in moments when, like the bleakest moments, it's just so, sort of like he quits, which is that's sure. fine. But when he's trying,
1: oh my goodness, LeBron's yeah.
0: one of the best defenders in the NBA when he's trying.
1: Well, his, I mean, again, it's when you look at like Lillard. No matter how hard he tries, it's yeah, just not gonna matter, right? LeBron's the exact opposite. He can get more done without trying probably than just about anyone. Maybe Giannis, like right so when he's trying like no one's gonna in the playoffs no in games that matter no one's gonna be like man i need to get lebron guarding me <laughs> 30 except, feet from the hoop
0: except if your name is jason terry uh, then, then you'll take that
1: ryan's ryan's going for blood yes <laughs> he's uh, <laughs> but anyway, but but uh anyways Kawhi was actively seeking out. Yeah. He had a big switched on to him and he's like, Get over here. I want Luka on me again. <laughs> like he, literally, he literally called for the screen to, to have, I think it was Powell or was on him. He's like, Get Powell off of me. I want Luka. Maybe maybe it was uh, Cleaver who plays decent defense. He tries. Like, Kawhi can do whatever he wants against him still. I don't care what numbers you get. Um, I watched the entire series. Dallas's problem is going to be that. You had mentioned McCollum would be a good fit with Luca. Probably true. Probably. But for everything that Luca does, good. I'm not sure you can ever win with that style of basketball. And Luca's probably gonna have to become a better defensive player who's willing to and also has a coach who's willing to allow other guys more of an ability to or a, a way to get into a flow of a game. Because as great as it was, that Hardaway made a whole mess of threes that one game, and so did Finney Smith. And they actually it was a couple games; it wasn't just one. It was the first three games of the series. They shot yeah, lights yeah. out. I got the fact some that stats care
0: clip- about that. So
1: okay, yeah, well, you see, I'm just that. talking a whole lot because yeah. I watched all of these games, and, no, I'm, and I'm I'm going to just keep going. But just about the Mavericks, the claim that they Luca didn't have any help is false the reason that they won those games they did is because he got the help that he would need. He had yeah. Finney Smith and uh, to a lesser extent, Kleber, but also um, Hardaway came up big, making some shots. He had Brunson scoring in a couple of those games and it was fourth quarter scoring that those guys did. I mean, Hardaway hit that huge three in game five. And then Porzingis made the next shot, but without that Hardaway three, I think, I think the Clippers still win that game in game mm-hmm. five. and It never goes to, to seven, right. but, he got big shots throughout the series from guys who quite honestly shouldn't be expected to one, no, no one goes into the Mavericks series against the Clippers and thinks, you know, who's going to hit big shots in this one is Dorian Finney Smith, Tim Hardaway Jr. He's going to be the reason that we win this game because he's going to score 25 points. No one mm-hmm. expects that, but how do these guys get into a flow when it's all Luca all the time. You just got to be ready to catch and shoot. Yep. You might get it. You might not. It's a hard thing. Porzingis, I think, is washed. <laughs> I think. I don't know that, though, because as bad as I think he looked throughout the whole series, it's not like Dallas ever actively tries to get Porzingis going. Mm-hmm. And from what I can tell, he's still a good shooter. Yeah. Put him in the post, and his numbers are going to be terrible. But he made that 15 to, you know, 12 to 15 foot jumper over whoever was guarding him fairly consistently. But he also hardly ever got to take it. Right. So when you look at Luca, everything he does so awesome, you look at the numbers, there's only so many possessions in a game. So if Luca gets 44 points and 16 assists, that means hardly any, I mean, how many possessions are there in a game? I mean, that's, everyone made all the, the 16, I mean, 16 guys scored off of him having the ball though for however long. It's not like Luka's out there swinging it, swinging, swinging. It. You watch the Clippers swing, 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 whatever ball movement on a rope, some guy gets it and shoots it. In Dallas, it's Luka. He's got the ball, he has it longer than anyone else. He decides to pass it at the last moment. I don't know how you expect anyone to be a consistent scorer offensive presence when one guy it's like watching James Harden. It's, it's like watching the LeBron teams when they didn't have Kyrie, you kind of think of Kevin Love and he's, you know, kind of the afterthought you think of like a little bit of Chris Bosch a little bit when people were, you know, they didn't win that first championship. You're like, man, Bosch needed to do more, do it. Like LeBron figured it out, right. That he needed those guys to, be even with all the talent around him i mean those are those are hall of famers and they still didn't win the finals because they had to figure out how to get everyone in the full of the game well i don't think porzingis i don't i i think he's washed i don't think it matters <laughs> i don't think he would have been able to do anything but he was like i would, he came out and said i i'm an afterthought and this kind of bothers me this is i i, I think it's you're an afterthought because you're not good enough to be i think so but He's absolutely right. I don't know how anyone gets into a full of a game with Luca scoring. What would he get in the first quarter of game? He's getting 19, 21. He's, getting, he's doing all this, and he, everyone else is just there. And as great as it is, how do you win with that? You can't, I don't know, you need a team. And he fell apart in the fourth of every game. You look at numbers-wise, oh, he's falling apart. In reality, you're going to get tired. You're one guy. Right. the defense is going to adjust by at some point they're going to make adjustments to how the game is flowing and you can't be expected to score 21 points in the first quarter and then another 19 in the fourth quarter i don't know i'm, I'm talking a lot cut this stuff out ryan no <laughs> no no no, no. It, it, it's all good say.
0: information because i like agree with you on a lot of it right and this is this is a thing with like Russell Westbrook, you know, w- when he was on teams or or James Harden when he had the Rockets or LeBron James, even with Kyrie and, and and Wade, you know, when LeBron left the court, it's hard to operate without that machine, that engine in your offense because you're so used to having it. Now it's nice when you have Kyrie and Dwayne Wade, but like someone like Kevin Love on the Cavs, he was mis- he wasn't used the way that he was used that made him a good or great player, right? They used him totally differently. And then when he wasn't putting up the same numbers, people were like, well, this guy ain't that good. Well, no, because he's asked to do something totally different than he did in Minnesota. Right. And Przingis, you're right. We don't know. Uh, I agree with you. I think maybe he's washed or maybe it's just, it's hard for him to get in the flow of the offense because 35 minutes a game, he's sitting there watching this guy dribble the ball for 20 seconds before he passes it to him, you know, which could be part of the problem. And that's part of the the Luca problem is he needs somebody like a Wade, like a Kyrie. Um, He needs to be. He, he needs to kind of be a little bit more steffish where he's willing to move off the ball and catch and shoot. He's got to develop that game before it gets too late where he's having a hard time developing that game. You know what I'm saying?
1: Um, now I'm, I'm interjecting, even though I talked for forever, I no, don't recall ahead. him once making an off ball right move where it was like, I'm going to move off the ball to get an easy basket or to right. try to help my teammates out. His movements were to get the ball back. And then yeah. do his thing again, which by the way, was one game and arguably one quarter away from knocking the clippers out. But right. it, it was there's no way that's sustainable for multiple series, anyways. Continue
0: right, and that's then that's the point I wanted to make. So the first three games, the Mavericks shot over 50% from three. The first three games, if he did not get that shooting from his teammates, and some of it was Luka, too. He was like, I watched those games uh, uh, just as much as you did. Probably not as in-depth as you did, but I was watching them. And there were some shots Luca was making. I'm like, how did he make that? How did he make that? I don't I don't get it. But they shot 52, 52, 51. And then after that, 40, 38, 32, 37, I mean, 27 from three. So it went down as the series went along. And this is the problem, is when you have players, role players, um, you can't expect them to shoot 52% every game. Right. It's going to eventually average out that like series normally do. And that is the problem too. like if stars, if you think of like elite athletes in the NBA having a hard time adjusting, adjusting, I mean, when they're not used to having the ball and suddenly they get the ball and they got to figure out what to do, how how, the role players, unless if you have four other Kyle Corvers who are like great catch and shoot guys, like the other players, it's going to be hard for them to be consistent as well. And that's so that's what the Mavericks need to do is they need to find some way to get Luca off the ball more, and they need to get somebody in there. that'll be a good uh, compliment to yuka uh, Luca, and it's not Przingis, you know, so that they'll have to find a way to do that. for're listening to part one of NBA talk, look out for part two or me and Luke break down each series in the conference semifinals and where we give our predictions um, thanks for so much for listening please follow me on instagram at nutty underscore entertainment or nutty buddy underscore sports if you have any questions comments or like to give your two cents in regards to anything mba related uh please email me at nuttybuddy at gmail.com thanks again so much for listening and we will talk to you guys soon